This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. Hi, this is Larry Port with the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. I run Rocket Matter, which includes talking to awesome people in the legal profession who are doing some really interesting stuff, and that includes Andrea Hall. Hi, Andrea. Hi. So Andrea is the owner of Withers Whisper LLC, and she is a certified equine, uh, let me try that again, certified equine gestalt coach. And she, <laughs> thank you very much. So she was a criminal defense attorney. You're no longer practicing, correct? I have a few stragglers. However, for the most part, I am done. Right. So you moved over and you now live on a 47 acre ranch where you yeah. run Withers Whisper LLC, right? Yes, that is correct. So, well, talk to us a little bit about this, because uh, what what does it mean? What is an, um Would love to hear your whole journey first of all. But what does it mean, like uh, equine gestalt coach? Let's start there. So basically, what I do is my horses and I coactively partner together in a process, which is the gestalt process. And gestalt is a German word that means wholeness. And so basically, what we do is. My horses and I help individuals, specifically lawyers and couples, help heal the unfinished business from their past that's potentially keeping them from their hopes and dreams of the future. Um, We all have trauma from our past. You don't have to potentially come from an abusive, um, you know, divorced or an alcoholic family. You know, I tell people all the time that I came from what was supposedly a normal family, right? My parents were married. They weren't divorced. We went to church on Sundays. Right. And I still sustained trauma, you know? I went to law school instead of med school because I had a trauma in third grade around math. I mean, I had to take uh, a pre-algebra class even to get into pre-algebra in college. And I had to take that twice and hire a tutor to get me through, you know, pre-algebra just so that I could pass college. Um, So I ended up going to law school instead of med school for that very reason. Now, it depended on, you know, who it came from and what age you receive this, you know, so-called incident that turns into trauma. However, we all have that and it makes us who we are. It creates our thoughts, our beliefs, and our values. And we have 50% of those thoughts, beliefs, and values by the time we're five years old. By the time you're 18, you have 95% of who you will be for the rest of your life as a result of anything that's happened in your life. And so there's little things that happen along the way that potentially keep you from having some of the things that you want in your life, and you may not even realize it. Hmm. So is it is it something about, um, you know, I mean, obviously being around horses is a pretty amazing experience for me just in general, whenever I get the chance to do it, which is not often. Yeah. But is it like, uh, is is it the same kind of effects that you might get around, you know, friendly animals in general? Like, I I mean, we have two dogs and a cat and just having in the house makes me happy. Is there, is there something about the emotional aspect of the animals that contributes to this or, or how does that work? So yes. And I think it's tenfold. So horses are, uh, it's so hard to explain. And, and I think you know a little bit about it because you've been around them. So anybody that I have seen that happens to walk into my pasture with the horses or in the round pen, they just completely change. 
The horses, in my opinion, are lie detectors. I'd put them up against any trained FBI agent any day of the week because there's <laughs> no attachment and no judgment to the outcome or what's going on in the present moment. And that's the great thing about the horses is they're literally in the present moment because they're a prey animal, right? So they constantly have to be on alert as to what's going around them. So they're constantly in the present moment. They're not looking at a watch. They're not looking at a calendar. They're not looking at a cell phone. They're not going, gosh, she was 10 minutes late yesterday feeding. I wonder if she's going to be 10 minutes late again today. You know, they only care. Are you there to feed them now? And so because they're in such the present moment, they allow the human being to get to that place as well. And like I said, they don't have attachment or judgment to the outcome and they're attracted to energy and when somebody is speaking their truth they want to join up with that so giving you an example you have a black shirt on if I put you in the round pen and you said I have a white shirt on that would not be your truth and the horse would not want to join up with that however if you said I have on a black shirt that would be in an alignment and you would be speaking your truth and the horse would want to join up up with that so when I have clients get in the round pen and they say, yes, I'm happy in my practice or yeah, my relationship with my significant other is great and the horse doesn't move, I can call BS on that. Now the client may not understand what exactly is going on because their conscious mind may think everything is fine, yet subconsciously deep down, they know that it's not. And so we need to get to that place of the subconscious and figure out what it is that's causing the issue in the relationship or whatever the question was that I asked that they didn't speak their truth about. You know, it might be um, them having confidence and self-worth and them talking about them being worthy or being able to set boundaries. That's another huge issue that a lot of people have is being able to set a boundary and saying, no, people don't understand that no is a full and complete sentence. And so, you know, to get them in a round pen and get the horse to stop, or to tell the horse that they're not able to go past a certain point, and they see how that plays out in their life, right? Like, I told my kid no, and the kid kept going, right? Well, the horse is doing the same thing. And it's like, how do you get the horse to really understand your truth and figure that out? So it's, it's, it's way, because there's something about the horses, right? It, like, when I'm around them, it's, 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 it's more than just their beauty. They're, they're so strong. There's something about like, in, in you know, how big they look and when you, when you touch them, how muscular they are. And uh, in addition to how peaceful they kind of are, that makes them to me really, and just how beautiful they are to be truly special animals. Do you, I would think that if I was in a situation like this, where I was kind of like talking about like inner emotional things and a horse was responding to me, like you would not get me out of, uh, the pen with the horse. Like I would just not leave. Do you have problems getting people to leave? Well, I can tell you that a session is like an hour and a half to two hours. So it's not just a five minute experience. So they really come full circle and it's a huge emotional release and transformation that's happening. So by the time they're done with the piece of work, they're really ready to like go. Um, and it's because they've let go of an, a big, huge emotional piece and there's been a release. So then it's time to move on from that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so they, it's not... they get to experience the whole piece of the horse. And so by the time they're done, they've come full circle. And it's not like they're like high five and strangers ready to leave. However, they've come to a closure and a piece that they can be appreciative, thank the horse for the piece of work that's been done, 
and give their goodbyes and their thank yous and be able to feel like there's closure and move on. So, um, and this is, is this something that you invented or are you part of a larger movement or, or um, can you talk a little bit about that? I did not invent it. Um, the person that I have trained with, Melissa Pierce, through her Touch by a Horse program, she is actually the developer of this equine gestalt program. She basically took her knowledge of horsemanship and her knowledge of the gestalt work as a psychotherapist for 35 years and combined them. So she had a ranch in Arizona and a ranch here in Colorado. And we would, she would leave Arizona in the summer months to come back to Colorado. Her clients did not want to miss out on having time with her. So they would come and spend time with her at the ranch. And they would be there for a couple days at a time. And she noticed when her clients had breaks and things of that nature that when they went to be with the horses, the transformation that actually happened. And so she then took her knowledge of, of being a lifetime horsewoman and combine that knowledge with the Gestalt and ultimately created this program. So I went through a two-year training with her to become certified, and I'm actually starting another two-year certification program with her, just deepening my knowledge around the Gestalt work. Huh. And, and tell me a little bit about your journey, and I'm sure uh, people listening would want to hear, because you were a, you, you dealt with some pretty heavy duty stuff. You were a criminal uh, defense attorney and you specialized in sex offenses and domestic violence, correct? Yes. Yeah. So um, I started off my career uh, graduating and I moved to Colorado and I couldn't find a job as strictly a criminal defense attorney. Everybody wanted me to dabble. You know, they want you to do family law and criminal defense. And the firms that I found that specialized strictly in criminal defense were small, very niche firms, only one or two lawyers, and most of them weren't hiring at the time. And the feedback I got from all of them was that you just need to start your own practice. And I thought, like, who does that? Like, I just graduated from law school. I didn't even graduate from a Colorado law school. You know, I had gone to law school back in North Dakota. And so it's not like I had the workings and the knowledge of how the court system worked here. And so I thought, well, who does that? Right. However, I guess being young and naive and having malpractice insurance, you know, I just jumped off the cliff. Right. So I opened my own law practice and I waitressed at night and practiced law during the day for the first year. And I did that great. My practice was thriving. It was very successful. I'd worked on numerous high profile cases, um, you know, was mentored by one of the best and, I was in the middle of a five-day jury trial when my 18-month-old puppy had been sick, and she ultimately died the morning of closing arguments. And I had to call the court clerk, and every day, you know, I'd been making a record that, you know, I didn't have my head in the game. I was constantly apologizing to my clients, and I called, and I said, look, my puppy died. You know that I've been struggling the whole trial. Is there any way that you can just tell, like, the jury to go home for breakfast or whatever, and I'll be there after lunch? And she said, absolutely not. You need to get to court. And I said, okay. So I got to court and, you know, I did my closing arguments and ultimately we lost. And I said, what am I killing myself for? Because at the end of the day, my clients don't give, you know, two hoots about me. They only care if I'm keeping them out of jail. And if you don't, then you're the worst lawyer they've ever had. And, you know, you're lucky if they pay their bill. And so I said, you know what? I think I need to take some time off. So I took some time off and over the next couple of months, 
I started to realize how stressed out I was because as the summer ended and it was time to go back to work, I went, I don't think I can do this for the rest of my life. It was the first time that I noticed that my heart rate changed, that my breathing pattern changed, that my voice went up like three octaves, you know, that I turned into this tiger and was ready to kill somebody just by saying I had to go to court. And then once I got to court, it was even more amped up than it was, you know, before. And I said, I, I think something's got to change. Well, it was about that time that I started getting physically ill as well. And so for the next three years, I was really on this soul searching journey of like, what was I going to do next when I grew up? But were you practicing just real quick, just to understand, were you practicing at that time? Yep. I was still practicing. And, um, you know, prior to that, I had always known, like I graduated from high school. I knew where I was going to go to college. I knew what degree I was going to get. I knew I was going to go to law school. You know, all of this stuff was like just knowing, right? And so it was the first time in my life that I went, wow, like I could do anything. Like, what am I going to do? I had no clue. And so I really was struggling. You know, I had hired life coaches and, you know, talked to recruiters and what could I do with a law degree and all that stuff. And finally, I got introduced to somebody who had done some horse work. And I went and did a session or two with her and went, wow, this is it. Like, when I'm here at the barn, my world disappears. My heart rate changes. My breathing pattern changes. I get really relaxed and grounded and centered. And it's so different. And I went, oh my God, I can take my love for horses and still my ability to help people. It's just going to look different. So it was at that time that I then started to search out different modalities. And that's where I found Melissa's program and ultimately got certified. So just out of curiosity, are there certain practice areas that you see more often than others coming to you for help? You know, it's really across the board. I've been trained with um, other people who are medical physicians. I have a girlfriend that's gone through this program uh, that is a dentist. It, it's, I think, getting more and more prominent that people are struggling in careers, you know, especially, um, you know, high, high things that uh, degrees that require a lot of education, a lot of debt. Um, you have a lot of debt potentially opening law practices, things of that nature. And so there's high levels of suicide and drug and alcohol abuse. And unfortunately, our profession is one of the ones that I feel is not doing much to support that. There's only eight states that require any sort of mental health and wellness continuing legal education credits and most of the states that do out of that eight, it's some something like a half a credit or a credit in three years, which is very minimal. I mean, we only are required to have like three ethics credits. And so, you know, mental health and wellness falls even farther down on the list than that. And when I look at what lawyers are in trouble for consistently month after month, it's you know, communication issues, trust account issues, and potentially some sort of criminal issues, whether it's drug or alcohol related or, you know, domestic violence, things of that nature. But to me, they're all intertwined. You know, if you're not communicating with your client, more than likely you've got some trust account issues, mental health issues, or you're drinking or, you know, something of that nature. And again, like I said, I think they're all intertwined. It just depends on what you ultimately get in trouble for. And, you know, I, for me, had a real epiphany when I found out I had my brain tumor because I said, 
at the end of the day, I had been previously told, you know, you're stressed, your adrenals are failing. And I'd be like, I just came back from a week in Mexico. I've been on the beach drinking margaritas. I'm not stressed. And they'd be like, uh, yeah, you're extremely stressed. And I didn't realize how stressed I was because I operated at such a high level that to me, that was normal. And after I ultimately stepped away from my practice and had some downtime, I went, oh my gosh, like this is really how stressed out I was. And I didn't realize it. And I think there's a lot of lawyers that are like that, as well as I think they realize potentially that they're stressed. They just don't see a way out. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I have all this debt. We have a stay-at-home mom. We live in a fancy house. We drive fancy cars. Kids are in private school. You know, the list goes on and on, right? We're keeping up with the Joneses. We, you know, eat dinner on Friday night at the country club. The list goes on of the things that they keep up with. And then they go, you know, can I go back to something else? Can I give all of this up? Will I be happy? I don't know what to do. Where do I go? You know, did they ever want to go to law school in the first place? Or was that a mom and dad dream? You know, was that four generations in our family, all the men have gone to law school. So you're going to law school, even though, you know, you wanted to play piano or you wanted to write or, you know, be an artist, the list goes on and on. And so I think it's um, getting people to a place of realization first and then working through what is underneath that. Well, that's uh, amazing that you can help people. And, you know, we've seen the, uh, we've seen the studies. We saw the ABA Hazelden study. We know what's out there. It's, it's, it's really upsetting that it's afflicting the pro, uh, profession to such an extent. And I think it's wonderful that you are involved in fighting the good fight then. Um, Andrea, if somebody would like to get in touch with you, and uh, you might want to talk about your books too, how would they get in touch with you and what might they read that you've written? Sure. So I have two books that just came out this uh, last fall. The first one is Touched by a Horse Equine Coaching Stories. And that's where I explain and share one of my stories with regard to healing my past trauma around fertility and my dream of becoming a mother. There's several coaches in that book that have written stories either about their journey of healing through the horses or how their clients have been healed through the horses. It's the third in the series of that anthology. I've also uh, co-authored a book called uh, Creating Your Joy, Living a Joy-Filled Life. And that's where I share my story about horses and the joy they bring me. And all of the stories in that book are things that bring people joy, whether it's music or exercise or, like I said, my horses. So. They can find all of that on my website at www.withersWhisper, and they can always reach me by phone at 970-682-4405, and I offer free 30-minute exploratory sessions to see how we can potentially work together. Well, Andrea, that's great information, so thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, thank you for having me, Larry. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.